Hi everyone, Radical Dreamer here, and welcome to the Postal Code Unknown podcast for Friday, July 21st of 2017. Uh, today I have a hat to share with you. I don't know if you can see there, it's a little, um, and I apologize, it's a little gross, it's a sweat-encrusted hat. Um, and you might be asking, why am I sharing this really gross hat with you on this podcast? And the reason is, is today is the one-year anniversary of when I did my uh, trek through the Tour de Mont Blanc that goes through France, Switzerland, and Italy through the Swiss Alps and the French Alps and the, the Italian Alps. It's a 110-mile trek uh, that goes in a circular, either clockwise or anti-clockwise direction, starting in Chamonix, France, uh, that was absolutely extraordinary. And with very much like a lot of these other long-form treks that I've done, I'd like to return to them in uh, a more of a longer format than maybe sort of a video podcast where I get to share a couple of stories where I can describe the experience in detail. So in the future, look forward to something like that, maybe for the, the Tour de Mont Blanc, uh, the Camino de Santiago, uh, some of the walks that I've done in Japan and in Thailand. Uh, because there are things that I, I, I feel were very important and uh, really extraordinary experiences that I'd like to share in a different uh, different way. Uh, so for today's episode, what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on a few things. I'd like to share a couple of cool stories along this trek. I'll come back and share some more at another point in time. Uh, but there are two stories that I'd like to share with you today. And because it's an opportunity to pass some knowledge along, I'd like to give some beginner's advice for mountaineering as well. So if you're thinking about climbing through the mountains and you don't have a lot of experience and you don't know where to start, um, I'd like to give you some, some knowledge to get you on that path. So some of the gear that you should be considering getting as a baseline if you're considering doing any type of mountaineering and trekking in general. So one, hat. A uh, wide brim hat uh, is a lot more practical, but a hat of this type, more sort of like an athletic hat, um, just to keep the sun out of your face and eyes is going to be really important, especially in areas where there is little cloud cover and little shade. A lot of mountains typically have uh, very level, little tree cover. Some do, some don't, but depending on where it is, you're going to be able, want to be able to cover your face because you're not always going to remember uh, putting sunscreen on vigorously especially if you're in areas of the world like New Zealand and Australia that have less ozone coverage. Uh, so you're going to be much more at risk for, for damage that way. Uh, another thing that you want is a good pair of boots. Now, again, this is mostly for mountaineering. I, ha I like these particular boots just because they've done me really well and they've got good ankle support. And those are going to be for more of the treks or the hikes that you have where you have uh, more unlevel footing, a lot, lot more uneven ground. I don't recommend them for long distance flatter uh, ground uh, options because they can be a little bit more restrictive and a little bit more rigid. And that's important in high altitude and sort of like mountainous regions and less important in more sort of like path type things. So whereas I would probably recommend something like this for the Tour de Mont Blanc, I would recommend walking shoes for something like the Camino de Santiago instead, just based on my personal experience. The other thing, you also want to make sure you have shoes that have very little movement, uh, mostly because blisters are your worst enemy. 
And the easiest way to combat that is by making sure that there's very little movement of your foot inside the shoe um, because that friction is what causes blisters. Now, again, as your feet are used throughout the day and your body temperature rises through exertion, your feet will expand a little bit. So you have to be careful, but it's good to be able to sort of walk around and test them uh, ahead of time. So when you're looking for a shoe, you want a really good fit. Uh, not something that has a lot of play or a lot of give, especially if you're going to be moving up and down because what will happen is your feet will shift as you're changing sort of like angle and elevation. Um, so those 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 are two things. Uh, the next thing is you want some quick dry clothing. Uh, right now I'm wearing sort of like one of the shirts that I've actually had for ages. Uh, and it's one of my main pieces of clothing that I have while I'm traveling around. And this shirt cost me like $7 at Target. Um, it doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to dry quickly. Um, so I, I, I can't recommend these strongly enough. It's critical uh, to, success, to your success when you're going out and doing any kind of long-term walking, especially if you've got very little access to facilities and laundry facilities as well. So um, the other thing that I'm wearing here, you'll see sort of like is a good thermal base layer. You don't want to be wearing this all the time, but when it gets cold, and it does, especially up in high altitudes, you need to have something like this, and you want to keep it in a dry place because weather can be unpredictable. Now, speaking about weather, you also want a good uh, jacket. So I have a uh, rain jacket here. Um, again, I'm not going to sort of say like, this has done me okay. It's not Gore-Tex. I've heard good things about Gore-Tex, but you really want something that is able to break the wind and the rain uh, because weather can be very unpredictable in mountainous regions uh, especially. So uh, some waterproof or water resistant. Um, you really want waterproof if you can get it and you can afford it. Um, clothing when you're trying to do that as well. So um, uh, next thing as well that I've got here, and again, this isn't a comprehensive list. This is the kind of thing that's going to get you started. I've got two more things here to show you. A uh, pair of walking sticks. Now these, um, I'm a big fan of mostly because they're they're rigid. Uh, the, a lot of times when you sort of research and look at different hiking sticks or walking poles, uh, I've become a big convert, uh, especially after taking the opportunity. When I climbed Mount Fuji, I was able to rent some with the company that sort of uh, helped guide me up to the top. I went with a group and uh, I was able to rent hiking sticks from them. And ever since then, I really kind of haven't looked back. So the the main thing sort of with these or the reason why I like these, so you can get sort of like, ex it's sort of like expandable or interchangeable ones that sort of change size. And I like the rigidity ones a lot better. Um, if you'll excuse me for one moment, Apologies for that doorbell emergency there. So I like the rigid poles a lot better. These ones also sort of, uh, they're, they're by Black Diamond. Um, and the nice thing about them is that they contract uh, by folding. So they're easier to pack and carry on suitcases um, if they'll allow it. Or they're easier to pack again also in checked luggage. I generally pack this in checked luggage, mostly because not every airline has the same uh, uh, policies regarding stuff like this and it's always uh, very important to check ahead of time if you're planning only bringing a carry-on. Um, so with that said, speaking of luggage, I've got my backpack. Um, so this backpack um, is 
more than you're probably going to need. Uh, this is the backpack that I spent most of the past two years uh, carrying around with me. Uh, it was a gift from my brother for Christmas before I left, uh, just sort of like trying to say he was uh, supporting me in what I was doing. And it's been one of the coolest things that um, any, anybody's ever given me. So um, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for that. I just wanted to sort of share that out here as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so in general, sort of like, I'm not going to go through and sort of discuss packing because uh, there's a lots, of, lots of different ways to do so, and I may consider doing that in a future episode. But the most important thing that I'd like to get across, and again, I should practice what I preach in this case, but I tend to overpack. But what you really want to do is do your best to limit your carry weight, especially for longer treks and mountainous treks that have a lot of elevation change, to 10% of your body weight or less. So say, for example, if you were to weigh 100 kilograms, you want a 10 kilogram bag. And that should be with water weight, but there's some leeway there. So... Um, the nice thing about having something like this is that you've got uh, water. Uh, you've got an opportunity to carry water with you. It packs very well. Um, in general, the bag is light. It's got rigid. It's got uh, sort of ventilation. Uh, but all bags are different. You should get one that sort of suits your needs as well. So the most important thing that I wanted to sort of get across is making sure that you carry the proper amount of weight, because it's a lot harder to adjust that once you've already started. Another good thing is, is also sort of either to pre-pack if you're training uh, with the amount of weight that you're planning to carry with you in the bag. Uh, it's a really good way to sort of make sure that you're able to um, carry that type of weight or prepare your body to do so as well. So um, so that's, that, that's sort of like what, what my experience with mountaineering uh, has really led me to so 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 that's some some good places to start some start starting points there if you're curious uh, I hope that really helps that's a lot of information that I wish I had known when I first started doing a lot more uh, serious uh, mountain uh, hiking and trekking uh, excursions and uh, yeah so I, I did promise two stories and this episode's going a little bit long so I want to sort of uh, share those real quick. So one of my favorite memories from doing the Tour de Mont Blanc was our lunches. And my friend that I had met over uh, doing the Camino de Santiago actually sort of reached out to me and said, hey, let's do another walk. Uh, so I met him and his wife to do this, uh, this particular trek. And it was, uh, it, it was a, a, a wonderful experience, a really great way to sort of reconnect with the people that you care about and uh, really, really, um, really excellent. So every day for lunch, uh, my friend who sort of has training as a chef uh, would make these sandwiches, like amazing sandwiches. And the best part was that they were with fresh ingredients. And the thing is, is sort of like having something like that to look forward to on a daily basis was was the, the, the kind of thing that gives you the push to make yourself go forward, especially when things get tough. So that was awesome. That was one of my favorite parts of that this this particular experience by far. It's also nice to sort of know that, you know, it's not just going out into the mountains alone. It's a social experience. And that uh, is something that was really special about the Tour de Mont Blanc and that I've also seen in other long distance treks where there are more people uh, walking along with you. So that's something that I didn't expect when I originally started doing these types of things. Uh, it's something sort of like when I think back at 
ideas of what I'd seen in like um, Wild or uh, talking to people who'd done like the Pacific Coast Trail and stuff like that, where you can be solitary for days. This is a little bit different. So that was that was really, really, really cool. So, and the last thing I want to start to share a short story about how this hat protected me from danger. So uh, again, it probably didn't really do much other than give me a bit of a buffer, uh, but I was trying to take a picture of this donkey up in the mountains just because I thought it was a cool shot. It was a really sort of interesting thing. And I'm sitting down, I'm crouching down, I've got my bag behind me, I've got my camera up, and I'm doing my best to take this picture. And I, of course I'm not thinking that there are, I, I, there was a rope above my head, but I'm not thinking that there's anything wrong with that. And all of a sudden I have this feeling like somebody hit me on the back of the head with a rock. It wasn't a rock, fences were electrified, and <laughs> I, I stumble over and really sort of like, I uh, walk up to my friends and I start talking absolute gibberish and it was the weirdest thing that I've experienced just for a photograph. Uh, so strange, silly sort of story. I was okay, but in the future, taking the lesson to be very cognizant of my surroundings. Um, so yeah, so uh, again, uh, I'll definitely be returning to share more stories about the Tour de Mont Blanc in the future. Um, let me know in the comments what your favorite uh, memories of hiking or long travel experiences have been. If you've got any suggestions or questions about uh, long distance trekking, uh, please feel free to let me know and any feedback would be greatly appreciated. Uh, enjoy, happy travels, and talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed today's video. If you'd like to see more of what I've been doing outside of these videos, you can see more at theradicaldreamer.com where I've got articles and photographs uh, with travel advice and stories uh, that aren't just in a video format. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at One Radical Dreamer or on Instagram at A Radical Dreamer if that's uh, something that you're more interested in. Uh, if you're interested in supporting me, I do have a Patreon page up as well, uh, which you can find at patreon.com slash theradicaldreamer. Uh, and that's a way for as little as $1 a month, you can help support me uh, get uh, better equipment and do more videos of this type and make a whole bunch more cool stuff to share with you in the future. Uh, and last but not least, uh, if you like what you've been seeing on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and uh, send a couple comments. I'd be happy to answer more questions in future episodes of the podcast. Uh, hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Take care.